Well, good morning, OneChurch.tv. Are you guys having a great morning this morning? Fantastic. Fantastic. Hey, listen, before we kind of get launched into this message a little bit, I'm not even supposed to be preaching this message. Uh, I was just supposed to be like here hanging out with you guys being eye candy. Our small groups pastor and uh, Next Steps pastor Patrick Fowler uh, was going to teach this message and he prepared it uh, like The Grinch is Soul Christmas is his favorite movie. And uh, I got a call yesterday from Patrick saying that uh, stuff is pouring out of him like lava. So, um, and because of that, uh, I am here uh, today and I am preaching his message. So y'all be praying uh, for Patrick and uh, I think his uh, little son Eli as well is a little sick as well. So just be praying for the Fowlers. Love Patrick to death. He's been at one church uh, for over four years now, and we love Patrick and Stacy, and uh, just just be love Patrick to death. So, so don't be adjusting your sets. I'm not, you know, a skinny ginger is not actually up here. Uh, so, um, but we're going to have a great time either way. So, now before I can go on, also I need to ask just a quick question. We're all talking about how the Grinch stole Christmas. I need to see if you're my people. All right. So, if you had a choice between watching the cartoon animated version. Or the Jim Carrey version, which one would you pick? Cartoon. Car- okay, that was kind of... How many of y'all, you, you would say cartoon? Let me see your hands. All right, very good. How many of y'all would say Jim Carrey? Y'all aren't my people. Um, so uh, I, Jim Carrey's... I like it. I'm a big Jim Carrey fan. Don't get me wrong. But I just... I prefer the animated version. I grew up on that one. I just did. And again, I'm not hating on the Jim Carrey people fans out here. I uh, love Dumb and Dumber. Um, so um, it was just a goof, man. <laughs> anyway, um, so stay on target. Let me talk a little bit about the Grinch because how the Grinch stole Christmas uh, was created by anyone. Anybody know the author? Dr. Seuss. Very good. And he actually wrote uh, this timeless book back in 1957. 1957. The animated version came out on television on 1966. In fact, it was narrated by the horror uh, actor Boris Karloff, who played the the Frankenstein, the black and white Frankenstein in the 1931. Uh, Very interesting enough, when the Jim Carrey version came out in the 2000s, it was narrated by the horror Sir Anthony Hopkins, Hannibal, and Silence of the Lambs person. So a little bit of bleed over there. Uh, This is also a very, just a little nugget of trivia, that the word Grinch was created by Dr. Seuss in 1957. I don't know what you called uh, people who were stingy and grumpy back then, maybe Scrooges, I don't know. But we all know that the story of the Grinch is a story of a grumpy character who hates Christmas time and decides to ruin it for everyone, right? Uh, That's what Grinch does. They hate Christmas and they don't want other people to like Christmas. I know I have a couple of Grinches on staff, and I'm not going to mention their names. They're not Justin Tucker and Luther Ramsey, okay? They're not that at all. See, I, and all of us, I think we most of us love Christmas, and I'm not hating on Justin and Luther, um, but we, I just, you know, in fact, Justin said this. He says, I am going to preach a Netflix Christmas sermon on Die Hard, because he believes that's a Christmas movie, and uh there's, I think that was Justin who led the who. So anyway, but uh, I tell you, um, you know, and you have people in your life. I have people in my life that when you're happy, they don't like seeing you happy, right? Some of you, you're going to be hanging out in like family get-togethers and stuff like that. And if you're happy, they don't want you to be happy. 
because that's what Grinches do. In fact, you may know this, but hurt people have a tendency to hurt other people. And one of the things that I really want us to spend some time this holiday season uh, over the next week, week and a half, is some, all of us, we're going to be hanging out with people, some people that, uh, that we love, some people that we need to love more, um, but we just struggle with them. And just remember, hurt people have a tendency to hurt other people. People with scars have a tendency to cause scars among others when they don't deal with their hurt, when they don't deal with their bitterness, when they don't deal with forgiveness. You know, and I'll say this, for some of you, it's okay to be having a difficult holiday. You know, as we talked, I talked about a couple of weeks ago, the holiday blues, they're a really big deal. And some of you, you've had some changes in your life. You've seen people uh, pass away uh, this past uh, holiday season. Uh, you've uh, maybe uh, you've seen a relationship actually end. Uh, some of you, you struggle with jobs and you've been demoted or you've lost your job. And it can just be very, very difficult. And I pray and I hope that this Christmas season you will realize that you're not alone that you have a church, that the one church family wants to be able to lean in with you and link arms with you to let you know that you are loved. But I would just simply say this, the Grinch is only bad in this movie when he dragged the way he drags everybody else in his misery. And I'm going to encourage us not to do that this Christmas season. But the way the Grinch steals Christmas is not really the sad part because you know what Grinches are supposed to do? Be Grinchy. See, that's, that's, that's not a shock, but grinchy people, people who are just kind of angry, I mean, that's what they do. But what's sad, and the sad part fact about this, is that the theft of Christmas works in this movie uh, with Jim Carrey. All the Grinch steals is stuff. He steals their Christmas stuff, and the people of Whoville have become so fixated on the stuff that without it, they cannot celebrate Christmas. Let's watch this short clip. Then he got an idea. An awful idea. The Grinch got a wonderful, awful idea. I know just what to do. Grinch laughed in his throat, and he made a quick Santa Claus hat and a coat, and he chuckled and clucked at this great Grinchy trick. With his coat and his hat, I'll look just like Saint Nick. Who pudding? He took the roast beast. Hark! He cleaned out that icebox as quick as a flash. Why, that Grinch, he even took their last can of who hash. He went to the chimney and stuffed the tree up. And the last thing he took was the log for their fire. 
On their walls he left nothing but some hooks and some wire. And the one speck of food that he'd left in the house was a crumb that was even too small for a mouse. Then he slithered and slunk with a smile most unpleasant around each new home, and he took every present. Three thousand feet up, up the side of Mount Crumpet, he rode with his load to the tip-top to dump it. wasn't so bad, was it, Max? They'll be waking up now. And I know just what they'll do. All those Who's down in Whoville will all cry. You know, what's interesting about the Who's is that the Who's have allowed the stuff of Christmas to become the meaning of Christmas. And the parties, the gift exchanges, the food, the decorations have become what Christmas is all about. And I think all of us, we struggle with that. And here's the thing. If all we make is that Christmas is the lights and the present and all of this, then here's what happens. That some people can take that joy. They can steal Christmas from us, but no one can steal Christmas unless you let them. No one can steal Christmas unless you make Christmas about things and about lights and about food and about presents and about traditions. Starbucks can't steal Christmas just because they have red cups that don't say Merry Christmas on it. My gosh, Christians have lost their ever-loving minds about Starbucks. I mean, but quick question, has Starbucks ever said that they're a Christian company? No, they haven't. See, here's the problem. I'm, I'm going to get off Patrick's notes for a sec. Here's the problem. Christians don't act like Christians, but Christians expect non-Christians to act like Christians. See, and the, the reason why our, our, our communities and our globe isn't changing is because we're too busy pointing fingers at other people, and we're not willing to be the change agents ourselves. Sorry, Patrick, got off. All right. Anyway, no one can steal Christmas unless you let them. Starbucks can. Uh, somebody at a retailer saying uh, happy holidays. I mean, I was singing out with Luther this morning. He drove through McDonald's, and the lady said happy holidays. Luther said Merry Christmas back. He says, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, why? I mean, you were just saying Merry He says, well, I, th- that's what Christians have a tendency to Merry Christmas, not happy holidays. Again, I don't think it matters. It's not the words that you say. It's the love that you show. And the the problem is, is Christianity has been so far too narrow pigeonholed uh, just about words and not about actions. So if you're one of those Christians, I'm probably ticking you off. There are a thousand other churches you can go to. Merry Christmas. All right. Anyway, the joy and the meaning of Christmas is not in food. It's not in family. It's not in gatherings. It's not in gifts. And if you make it all about that, then yes, somebody can steal your Christmas away. And thing of it is, we get so caught up in the stuff of Christmas that we spend very little time 
talking and thinking about the God that Christmas is all about. You can miss the meaning of Christmas by focusing on things and stuff and lights and not about the things that really matter most. Kind of like the heroine of this movie, Cindy Lou. Here's a picture of uh, the Cindy Lou Who and the Grinch. And in this movie, Cindy Lou Who, she is the heroine. And I hope you'll make Christmas about the same thing that Cindy Lou Who chose to. Say that five times fast. She made Christmas about showing love and grace to those who least deserved it. And that's what Christmas is all about, isn't it? Christmas is all about showing love beyond normal parameters, beyond what's expected, specifically loving people, and even though they don't reciprocate it back, beyond normal. And, and it's all about sacrificial giving. I think one of the things that can really get us off track the most about Christmas is gifts. Now, how many of y'all love receiving gifts? All, all hands should be raised, right? Don't make me come back there. I see you, Bobby Beeks. You ain't raising your hand. All right, thank you, sir. All right. Everybody loves to receive gifts. But here's the thing. Here's our biggest problem about that. It's not giving gifts and not receiving gifts. Many times we give gifts so that we can what? Receive them. We almost acted like a hostage exchange. I'm going to give you give you a gift, but only if you give me a gift. And let me tell you, the person who's not like this the most is Patrick Fowler. For the past four Christmases, Patrick has given me gifts, and I have totally many times forgot to give him a Christmas gift. But for Patrick, it's not about what he gets, it's about what he gives, because it's better to give than to receive. Exactly right. This is what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6. And this is what he says. This is how the message. To, to you who are ready for the truth. Quick question. How many of y'all ready for the truth? Say, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I say this. Love your enemies. Say, no. <laughs> we don't like that, do we? Love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. Now, I'm going to have a TV timeout right there. Some of you, you're going to be spending time with family. They're going to bring the worst out of you, not the best. But see, that's your choice, not theirs. That's your choice. It's your choice to be negative. It's your choice to grinch about it. You see, you, you can always choose how you can respond. You can't choose what they do to you. But I keep on going. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer for that person. Oh, if we would do more of that, right? You see, when somebody does bad to us, we have a tendency to mumble four-letter words underneath our breasts, don't we? Some of you, you need to start mumbling prayers under your breasts. That's what it's saying here. Someone slaps you in the face. Stand there and take it. If someone grabs your shirt, look at this. Gift wrap your best coat and make it a present of it. If someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit-for-tat stuff. Live what? Generously. You see, that's what Christmas is all about. It's about sacrificial giving. I'm going to keep on reading. Here is the simple rule of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. If you only love the unlovable, excuse me, if you only love the lovable, do you expect a pat on the back for that? Run-of-the-mill sinners do that. If you only help those who help you, do you expect a medal? Some of us do, right? Garden variety sinners do that. If you only give what you hope to get out of it, and that's what many times we do for Christmas, do you think that's charity or love? The stingiest of pawnbrokers, they do that. I tell you, 
love your enemies. Help and give without expecting a what? Return. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives towards us. Generously and graciously. Let's everybody say that. Generously and graciously. Even when we're at our worst, our Father is kind, so you be what? You see our greatest struggle at Christmas time is there's so much amazing stuff to do that we never ever really get around to the stuff that's truly meaningful. It's really fun and easy to get so caught up, and we do the gift exchanges, the decorating, the family parties, we do the lights, we do the presents, and we miss out. We miss out. Because guess what? Christmas is more than gifts. And it's more than lights. It has to be. And if it is, if that's what it means to you, then you have the danger of somebody stealing that from you. That, the, the, that the, you spend more time and more money on decorations and gifts than you've given to those in need. Man, I think so many of us, <coughs> we would capture, recapture that magic we had when we were children. The only way to recapture that is by giving. When you see somebody's face light up who truly needs it. It's not getting those gifts, even those large item gifts. It's by truly giving to others. The first, the part of the struggle, though, those acts of giving generously, they don't come easily, do they? <clears throat> no one really notices when you don't give because the people who need it are not expecting it. No one notices. Let me give you an example on this. A couple weeks ago, a friend, Carlo, our teaching pastor and I, we were hanging out in Nashville, and I was showing him a couple of different places in Nashville, and um, we were on the acceleration ramp getting ready to go onto the interstate. And this old lady in front of me just stops in the middle of the acceleration ramp, and, and I'm like, what is going on? So as your pastor, I honked the horn, Okay. I didn't, that's all I did. I didn't mumble anything or I didn't do that. Just honk the horn. I'm like, what in the world, right? So I, I whipped past her and Carlo, he started chuckling. I'm like, what is it? What's going on? He says, do you know why she stopped? I'm like, I had some, you know, I was thinking some stuff. Yeah, I can, but no, no, I don't know why she stopped. She stopped to give money out of her purse to give to a homeless person. Yeah, that's me. Everybody's going, you're such a Grinch, Pastor. Sometimes I am. And I think sometimes all of us are. You know, at that point, I, would, I really felt like there were termites in my soul. And I would have rather kissed a seasick crocodile than to be anywhere else on earth than to honking at a lady as she's inconvenienced giving money to a homeless person. You see, doing things that truly reflect the spirit of Christmas that's hardier, harder, that's messier, and that's more costly. And sometimes you get inconvenience having to stop in the middle of acceleration lane. So this Christmas, I encourage all of us to be more like Cindy Lou Who. She takes big risk to love the Grinch. And she faces the ridicule of the whole town because loving the Grinch means end up making some big messes for her and for everybody else. And it caused some of their, uh, their Christmas traditions to change. Let's watch this next clip of Cindy Lou Who. She challenges the town to break out of their Christmas mold and stuff and how she bravely sought out the Grinch on her own. Let's watch this. Dad? 
Yeah. I've been thinking about the revelation, uh-huh. and I may do something drastic. Oh, that's fine, dear. Ask, ask your mother. Do I hear a nomination? I nominate the Grinch! Huh? <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my. What an altruistic daughter you have there, Lou. Thank you. Cindy? Let me uh, quote a verse from the book of who. Thank you. Ah, the term Grinchy shall apply when Christmas spirit is in short supply. Now I ask you, does that sound like our holiday cheermeister? True, Mr. Mayhew. But the book of who says this too. No matter how different a who may appear, you will always be welcome with holiday cheer. Well, yes, but the, the uh, book also says the, uh, the award cannot go to the Grinch because sometimes uh, things get the uh, lead pipe cinch. You made that up. It doesn't say that. Oh, no, 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 it does. Ah, uh, oops! Lost my uh, my my place, but it's <clears throat> it's it's in here. But the book does say the cheermeister is the one who deserves a backslap or a toast, and it goes to the soul at Christmas who needs it most. And I believe that soul is the Grinch. And if you're the who's, I hope you are. You will too. <laughs> Holiday who be what? Cheermeister. Huh? Cheermeister. Celebrate with friends. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I know you hate Christmas, but what if it's all just a misunderstanding? I don't care. I mean, I myself am having some Yuletide doubts. But maybe if you can reunite with the Who's and be a part of Christmas. Maybe if you can reunite with the Who's and be a part of Christmas. Grow up! Then maybe it'll be all right for me, too. I'm sorry. Your session is over. Please make another appointment with the receptionist on the way out. Please, please, you have to accept the award. (laughs) Award? You never mentioned an award. Yeah, with a trophy and everything. And I won. You won! So will you come? Oh, all right. I don't know if it's that adorable twinkle in your eye or that non-conformist streak that reminds me of a younger, less hairy me. But you've convinced me. 
Who knows? This humiliation could change my entire outlook on life. Cindy Lou's willingness to love the most unlovable person in their town ends up eventually changing his heart, and it grows as four times larger than it ever was. And her family, it changes her town, and it's life-changing in so many amazing ways. The best gift you can give someone might not be even a gift, but it's somebody who can never return it in return, somebody who can never, ever repay you back. Our big idea today is simply this. Don't let the stuff of Christmas keep you from making Christmas about sacrificial giving. Don't let the stuff, all the presents, all the lights, all the stuff, don't allow that you getting and receiving and seeing how bigger you can make it, how you can keep up with the Joneses when it comes to their decorations or whatever. Jesus wants you to take Christmas back this year, and he wants you to be a giver. Spend less time and money hanging Christmas lights and more time giving time and money to those in need. Stop fretting over Christmas and uh, endless meals or parties. Instead, put together a nice meal for somebody who will not and could not eat if you did not feed them. Stop making all the gifts you give a gift exchange. I'll give it to you if you'll give back to me. No, no, no. You just give, not expecting anything in return. Don't allow the number of people in need to overwhelm you. I know so many of us, we can say, well, Chris, there's all these homeless people, and I can't feed all of them. I'm not asking you to feed all of them, but you can't help everyone. We get that. You can't help everyone, but do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. You see, that's what it means to love as Christ loves. Do you know why you should give sacrificially? Because that's what God does, and that's what God did. He is simply asking us to do as he did. Jesus ended his teaching in Luke chapter 6 by reminding everyone that we're simply called to follow his example. And this is what it says in verse 27. I tell you, love your enemies, help and give without expecting a return. Live out this God-created identity The way our Father lives towards us, giving generously and graciously. There it is. Even when we we are at our worst, our Father is kind, so you too be kind. Do you know why Christmas is a great time to love others in this way? Because that is what God did for us at Christmas time. He chose and he approached a world that did not want him and who was running from him. When the world kind of put their Grinch hat on and became so isolated from God that they could never, ever truly get to God, that's when God came to us. That God came to this earth in the form of the most humble thing he could choose, that of a fetus and of a baby. He he put on human flesh. He became incarnate to pursue us. So this Christmas, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge me to let's move away from the stuff of Christmas. And let's start giving sacrificially. Just imagine if this, if the, this year, this one December, the whole world gave sacrificially of our time and our money during this Christmas. Imagine what Christmas would be like. Just imagine. I think the world would be radically different than it is today. And the number of people in need would drop tremendously. Christmas will be over before we know it. I get it. And some of you, you're like, well, I, you know, it's, it's less than a week away. I don't have enough time to do this. No, 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 that's excuses. And here's the thing. You can either make excuses or you can make progress, but you can't make both. 
Some of you, you need to stop making excuses and say, you know what, I'm going to leave this theater today and I'm going to find a homeless person and I'm going to give to them. I'm going to give to somebody in need. Some of you, you need to quit being Grinches with your money and you need to start giving to church so that we can continue to give to other people and support missions around the world. For some of us, you just need to, you need to pay it forward. A couple weeks ago, I was going through Chick-fil-A, and I was getting breakfast, and when I pulled up to pay, they said, somebody's already paid for you. I'm like, I just felt good. And I said, you know what? I'd love to be able to pay for the person behind me. Just keep that going. There's something about not just getting presents. Yeah, that's great. But giving, giving is so much better than receiving. And when you give, that's when you recapture the magic in the heart of Christmas, the stuff that you wish you could go back to as a child. That's how you get it. It's not by getting, 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 but it's by giving and being gracious to those. So let me just challenge you in three different ways. First, I challenge you to love a hurting person. Love a hurting person. Christmas parties are upon us, and who in your circle of friends, who in your family, who, who has had the hardest time? Love that person. Who has lost a loved one? Who is living a long way from home? Do your best to open up your heart. Do your best to open up your home. And if they need a place to hang out for the holidays, provide it. If you need to buy them a plane ticket home, then you'd go do that. But love a hurting person. And remember... Hurt people hurt people. If they have a tendency to be a Grinch on you, don't return that. Just remember, how have they been hurt? And that leads me to the second one. Learn an enemy's story. You see, the reason why some people are Grinches is because they've been hurt. So instead of arguing about politics again this year, instead of arguing about who voted for who and who didn't vote for who, and politics and all this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's just push that aside as you get, gather around the Christmas table. And you talk about stuff that truly matters. And you learn their story. You learn why they vote the way they do. Why they have a tendency to lean that way or lean that way. You learn about them. You learn their story. You learn why they are grinchy. And you might just, by learning their story, you might be able to be a bigger part in their story. Finally, my third challenge is I just I want to challenge you to give away some gifts. We all like getting. We all have lists. But my challenge to you is some of you to just to donate to a charity. Donate to a church. Serve a meal with Mana Cafe. Buy someone's groceries in the line behind you. If you're still here for Christmas Eve, before that we have our 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock services, you can go to Radical Mission and you can volunteer at their Warm Souls event at 10 o'clock that morning. Take your kids there. Give away some gifts. And as the band comes back to close out our time in worship, I encourage you, before you leave this room today, I challenge you to do one of those three things. One hurting person to help, one enemy you can learn about their story, and one person that you can give sacrificially to. Why? Because don't let the stuff of Christmas keep you from making Christmas about sacrificial giving. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much, God, that we can come here and that we, even though so many of us, we have those hard hearts, we have hearts that are four sizes too small, kind of like the Grinch. Lord, that it's other people's love that transforms us and that makes us different. 
not because we deserve it, because we deserve nothing good. Well, your word says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that it was while we were at our worst, Jesus was at his best, and he died for us. And Lord, there are people in here today who might need to begin that relationship with Jesus. And Lord, I would just pray that they would be able to begin that now, that they would be able to meet us right outside of the theater and be able to talk and to pray with one of us, God. Lord, I pray that this Christmas season, that we would not make it all about stuff, but Lord, we would make it about giving. Because wherever our treasure is, there our heart is also. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray.